Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 138. And today we are here with Frank Hernandez, the commitment soldier. Frank, thank you for coming, man. I really, really appreciate it, dude. No problem. It's been a long time coming. It definitely has. We uh we got to talking. It was uh probably the last quarter of last year. Um I saw you on on one of your lives and uh I've always found what what you've done fascinating. So I just threw it out there. Hey, you ever been on a podcast? And you said, DM me. I'm like, oh, perfect, man. That, Because that's what it is. I think I think what we have to do right now with Commitment Soldiers is just pretty much right now gather all the people you can, get backing, get support, get ideas from everybody else. Yeah. And right now it's just um, it's me gathering all the support that I can for Commitment Soldier to, to have the backing, to have the support, number one. Two is to see what I'm hearing from the people that are supporting me, what they like about it. Um, what they're feeling from it because there's a whole lot of feel from it. Yeah. You know, this is something that commitment soldier is something that I want to create to stay in the realm of, of, of life of, of uplifting bottom line, uplifting people and not breaking people down, sharing experience with each other, lifting each other up. If, if it's an ear, if it's, um, a suggestion, if it's, um, bounced ideas around experience around, yeah. I mean, Look, I think one of the biggest things that we all need is each other. I think definitely one of the things we need is each other. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, that people are always so quick to to tear somebody down and uh, to to kick them when they're down, you know. And it, it's good to see somebody wanting to help. Well, you know what? It, okay, look, my take on a lot on, on on a lot of people is they're they're quick to judge. Yeah everybody's worried about everybody else and the way they're looking at them what they think about them um they're too busy looking out and doing all this out here when i feel that what's worked for me is when i look at myself when i work on myself when i critique myself when i build myself up i practice better principles i practice better um, understandings of everything and, and, and I start gauging the values of everything and I start look taking a real good look and assessment of me then I start working on me the more I work on me in all aspects I become a better me then the value of that is when I become a better me then I become a better me to everybody now now you start going across the board okay then I'm a better boss I'm a better employer. I'm mm-hmm. a better employee. I'm a better father. I'm I'm a better husband. I'm a better friend. Yeah. I'm a better participant in recovery. I put more efforts into everything and I become of more value. You know, and ultimately that's what that's what we want to be. Yeah. I see I, I see the process of, of working on on self so you can be better and hone yourself in to be better in all all ways and different aspects so you can get to the mark you want to make and get achieve those goals and get in the mindset of of setting goals and completing them and moving forward there should be a progression in life there should be a progression if it's every month every two months every year you should definitely see progression every year in life yeah i mean we're all reaching for our goals we're all going to we should all be, if we're pointed in the right direction, we should be going in the right direction. And then 
you know, I tell some, sometimes I say, I put it in this perspective. If you just look down at your feet and you make sure they're going in the right direction, just keep looking, keep down, keep looking down, look at your feet, make sure they're going in the right direction. And eventually when you look up, you're there where you want to be. Yeah. You know, and it's just little things like that. So how long did it take you to get this uh, mindset about working on self? Well, all right, so look, we'll go, we'll go, we'll start back. Okay, so pretty much, um, I was born in 1978. My mom was 15 when she got pregnant, 16 when she had me. Um, dad was never really around. I met him first time when I was about four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he started dipping in and out of my life probably around the age of eight, nine, eight or nine. Um, you know, I grew up in Eagle Rock, California, um, had, had a loving grandmother, grandfather, um, didn't, had a, you know, just pretty much had a, had a pretty good little tight-knit family that had gone through their issues, but I didn't know they were going through their issue, issues at that age. Um, but we just got, I just got into junior high. I got into junior high and at a very early age, let's see, right before junior high, like it was funny. It was fun. It was funny with the, with the family that I had. It was, it was cute to see eight year old little Frankie take a sip of a beer, Mm. you know, and it was just, it just what it was. Very typical in a Hispanic household. Yeah. And it was, it was real real different Then than it was. Um, my uncle Johnny, um, from Venice, he, he, uh, it was like funny with the homies and now you see 10 year old Frankie, like hit a joint, Mm. you know? So then, and then that was just part of the course and it was just the norm. It's just what it was. It wasn't looked at in any other way. It was, um, you know, I, I want to say like when I was younger, it was, it was more like with my uncle Johnny from Venice, he's, it was like. If you take Frankie with you, because he was, I was 10, he was about 18. Um, it was, it was, take him with you and you can go out, you know. And so then it was like things I started to see when I'd go out with him. It was mm. more drinking, more smoking, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, it was pretty interesting, you know. So he was in turn like a, a babysitter. If you want to go do something, you got to take you along? Yeah. Got you. And, and, and then it just, um, so it started out like that and then you know i started getting my own i started getting my own ideas and thoughts of when i hit like from when i hit junior high seventh grade um i just pretty much i started smoking a little more weed i started experimenting with p dogs crack cocaine i started smoking angel dust i had a park right next to the school so i like where i lived and how i had to get to school i had to pass a park so one of the toughest things for me at that age was getting through the park to get to school because you run into the homeboys and people that were there and you'd end up hitting this smoking that doing that you just couldn't make it to school. So you knew them from your cousin already? No, you just you just made these people like I you just meet these people from school. Gotcha. These are the people at school and and you I just started I just pretty much started 
I pretty much started um getting in the stuff I was getting into just because it was there. I can't I can't tell nobody that at that age that when I started I had some big issues, I had some big trauma, mm-hmm. big, you know, trauma in my life that I was trying to bury or I was trying to run from. It was it was more like I was trying to find myself. And these were the these were the things that I did to fit in, to be part of, um, it liked, I liked the way it made me feel, um, all that stuff. And I guess there's, there, you know, without going into deep of that one, like there, there were a few resentments that I had from, from mom and stuff like that. And, um, just the things that I had created as, as a young boy, because I was I was a big major mama's boy. Mm-hmm. You know, my I was I'm the only boy. I'm her only son, and um, with dad not being there, um, that was mom's. Yeah, and I didn't like nobody with her. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like nobody, anybody, any man being with her, and I caught a lot of resentments towards, you know, her her new boyfriends or spouses or whatever that you want to call them. Mm-hmm. So um. Real young and real hard, I started going, experimenting with more and more drugs and alcohol. And I mean, shit, I can go back to this long ago when a King Cobra 40 ounce was a dollar twenty eight. Yeah, you know, and I remember that one forty ounce would send me to oblivion. Yeah, you know, I couldn't even handle a whole forty; it fucked me up. Wow, bad. Shit, man. So I started meeting the fellas. I started meeting the fellas. I started trying to find my place as as, as um a teenager, and um at that time it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of excitement. It was it was it was it was um anywhere from stealing cars to getting as much weed as you could smoke in a night, getting as drunk as many girls as you can be with. It was just having. It was just having as much fun as you could every single day yeah. through the means of using and drinking and just being with the fellas, you know. And then um, you, I catch myself, I catch myself at probably about 14, getting arrested, getting arrested for uh, drug riding. Then I get arrested again at 15 for graffiti on a freeway wall then then i get arrested again i saw I pretty much look i just started between the miss of of using and partying and then getting into the things i was getting into um i start getting incarcerated i start going to camp number mm-hmm. one i go to camp number two i go to camp number three i go to camp number four Probably from the age of fourteen to fourteen to eighteen, I'd probably done close to three and a half years. Um, wow! It's about three and a half years through camps and juvenile halls. Um, now at this time, what's the uh, feedback like from your family? Had they given up <clears throat> at that time? No, I was more looked just looked at as the. You know, the, the, the stubborn, very stubborn. Uh, Frank's very stubborn, stuck in his way. Um, it was almost, it was almost looked at in, in at a way 
it's like they almost if you looked at the history it was it was um you can see if you looked at the pattern in the history you could kind of see why frank went this way got you you know you could kind of understand it yeah so it was always it was too much it was it was too much no it was it was to the point where how far i took it because i was the kid that i was the kid that by the age of 16 i'd say see you later i'll see you later at i'll be back at 10 mm-hmm. i wouldn't come back for eight days oh shit you know and then i'd do it again and again then it was finally like doors locked you can't come back hmm and i'd look at you and go it's okay so at this time um what was your mentality like here my mentality was just you know just trying to be the fucking toughest motherfucker you can out there try to survive out there have the good reputation have the good jacket never back down from shit go out there and just you know you i i knew i knew by the age of 15 16 of that what we were up to that the minute I step port, stepped out on the front porch, that could be my last day. Really? Yeah. You know, it was just things that we were out there. It was just, we're up to a lot of bad shit. Now, was this involved in any gang stuff as well or just a bunch of friends? Mm, there was there was, there was was gang relations a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing that I can, that I hold true and I'm very fortunate. Mm-hmm. I never joined a gang. Got you. I I don't have a neighborhood. I don't, I never got jumped into a neighborhood. I'm not a part of a neighborhood. Gotcha. I don't none of that. So that's very very fortunate because um, that's just one less thing that I had to deal with. Yeah. Because you know? I, I I learned at a young age too, and that's because of of my uncle Johnny's was um, I didn't have to have a neighborhood. I didn't have to have a body on my side. You could be exactly what the fuck you want to do and do it however you want to do and you didn't have to be from a neighborhood. And obviously I showed myself that. Yeah. You know, I could go out there and I could do just as much as anybody else. I could run the streets just as much as everybody else. I can do all that. And I, I didn't have to be from a neighborhood. You know, I'm very fortunate for that. So by the time 18, about three and a half years, you're inside um, camp. Um, In and out. What? When you were inside, what what were you thinking? Were you ready to get out? Was it comfort being around, you know, like minded individuals? I pretty much, I pretty much want to say that like me getting incarcerated through my juvenile juvenile years, as hard as I was going on drugs and alcohol and doing the things I was doing, it probably one of the things. Of, it's one of the main reasons why I feel I made it through my teenage years. It was because of those five months, those seven months, those six months, those 11 months, those three months, all those incarceration periods. It was safe. Yeah. It was, a, it was, it get healthy. It was, um, it was take, take a time out, take yeah. a pause, slow the fuck down. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Cause it, nothing ever stopped when I was out. Yeah. It was, it was full throttle, anything and everything. And as much as we can do. Yeah. In a 24-hour period, if not longer. I mean, <clears throat> you'll hear in some of my Frank Hernandez videos, you know, the sick one. You know, 18 days. Mm-hmm. That's that's me probably when I was about 16, 16 17. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, hey, I do, we, and that's what it was. Like, I've, I've never had no in-between. It's all or nothing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 
everything shoot the shoot your wad do it all go to the fullest go to the extreme of it or don't do shit i never had a really what's this middle area there is no middle area yeah it was everything you did it was go out there and do it to the fullest go out there full throttle if you because you get into a mindset back then that <laughs> if you if you if you half-ass some of the things you were doing you can get hurt yeah, there's no falling short yeah there's no falling short on some of these things we were doing. It was it was all or nothing, you know. And so, answering your question about how I felt when I was getting incarcerated, I got acclimated to it very quickly, and um, it was all right. I was okay with it, you know. It was I understood that it was me slowing down. It was it felt safe. Three, three hots in a cot. You, mm-hmm. know, you were good. You were taken care of. I could handle myself, so I wasn't really tripping on getting hurt or or anything like that. It was just boring at times, especially in the halls, but camp was like fucking Disneyland. Really? Yeah, you're with the fellas. You're with the boys. Um, not being from a neighborhood, so you're not, you're not, you're not banging against other kids. You know, worst case scenario is one trying to one tries to bully you for a second you just handle that so you ain't tripping you know what i mean you just keep your head up and you have fun and you just do a little fucking time and get right again yeah and then you hit the streets and then it was the revolving like once you got out and people were happy to see you um you were looked at a little different you know you kind of earning your little baby stripes of bullshit um and but most of all as i got older and i look back at that it's just, that's the thing that saved my life probably yeah that's what really helped me out that's what put a pause on my life because it was going so fast so hard you know but that's just what it was it was um building my own resentments probably because i was smart enough to know that what i was doing wasn't right uh, you know i got i got i got thrown in the grips of addiction at a very young age and i said and did everything um under the sun that made an excuse for it or 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 um just didn't sugarcoat it the way i want to so it didn't look as bad yeah you know and that's one of the things that my mom always said that i was blessed with the curse because i i was doing probably more and and doing things more than most of my peers and my friends and um I could look at you and I could smile. I can talk to you. I, I didn't, wasn't biting my ear. I wasn't looking fucking half, half dead or look sketched out or shit like that. And, you know, my mom would see other fellas with me and, and be like, that's your, good morning, mom. She'd look at the other dudes and look at me and go, that's your, that's your fucking problem. You know, you, you look at you. You can look at me right in the fucking eye. You can look at me. You can say hi. You can say good morning. You can smile. And I know you've done more shit than those kids right there. And look at him. He can't even look at me. He looks fucking weird. He, he's mm. biting his fucking ear. <laughs> he's drooling. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, that's that's your fucking problem, friend. <laughs> You're fucking blessed with the curse. Blessed I, with the curse. I've never heard that. That's that's a great one, man. Fucking like just tolerance. <laughs> blessed with the mm. curse. But even back then, like, cause uh, even back then though, it was cause I was funny. Yeah. 
I was funny, I was entertaining, I was live wire. You never know what Frank was gonna do next. The most left field shit, shit that you would think nobody would ever fucking think of or do. That was Frank. Yeah, you know that's that was a big part of it. It was, it was um, I almost think I got more into using and doing all this shit because of my own self entertainment. A lot of shit that I did, it was for my own fucking humor. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was, when you're doing more and more and more things and, and, and you're catching entertainment out of the left field thing. So you're, you might've reached out here, left field, but things keep getting more and more. The more you do it, the more, the more shit you're going to grab from way out here. And then, yeah. then I just found a really, really, really big interest in doing my brain, bro. I just come up with the most fucking way out shit and I'd execute it. Well, I'm sure all these drugs helped you tap into something in your brain that most most people that don't use I can get imagine. to see. I can imagine because there, there was a time there too when, when it was on. It's like one of my best friends, his, his brothers, and they were old. We were younger. So we were probably around 15 and his brothers would go to the raves back when the raves were going. Raves? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and they would... They would go, okay, we're going out to the rapes tonight. We'll be back later. And I'd be like, what the fuck? Why can't we go? We want to go. No, you you can't go. We're not taking you, Frank. <laughs> you can't go. And my little brother's not going either. You guys stay here. And um, what the fuck are we going to do? So they'd rip, rip, rip us off a tin strip of acid. Mm-hmm. And they'd put it right here inside your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like a like a like a mouth guard, and that's fifteen sixteen years old taking a tin strip of acid, sitting down on the on the grass, and then seven hours later you're still on the fucking lawn right there just melting. Yeah, and that just was a that that just was a example of how it was of there was no limit there there was no really limits of what we did it was just all fun it was the most you can do as whenever you could do it and 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 it was all for the extreme high and fun of things yeah you know because you never knew it was going to happen and it was always like one for the books one for the books one for the books and when you put one in the book let's make a better one for the book yeah and then all of a sudden you got a fucking chapter of crazy little stories and things that happened and See, but what you don't realize through all this when you're doing it is that you're getting in the grips of the disease. Mm -hmm. You're getting in the grips of the addiction. Shit's getting way out of hand. You're not. You're not just using to have fun no more. You're using because you're. You gotta use. You're getting stuck. You know what I mean? You you gotta do this to to feel this way or feel that way or have these moments that you feel that. Or is at that time is what's making your life, you know. Now, when did you realize that addiction had a hold of you? As far as it being just for fun times, I'll say it was probably around twenty-two, around twenty-two. So I can I can go I can go back as far as saying I was probably about twenty-one, and this 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 is like. This one sticks out to me about how where my life was and 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 the, like just that like what can watch 
So I can remember waking up at around 21 years old. I have my own little, I'm with my ex. We've been together for some years. Since we were 16, I'm 21. We got some dogs. We got two beautiful dogs. We got a little, like, duplex, a fish tank. Decently little furnished, nothing major at all. 12-pack of beer in the fridge. And I can remember waking up going, I made it. Mm. I made it. This is it. I looked around. I looked at what I had, and I went, fucking made it. Yeah. That's it. I did it. I remember that day. I threw my hands up and went, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. I, I made it. And I look back at that, and I go, the fuck did I mean I made it? What was that? Where were you at? What were you thinking? What did you make it from? Like, what, you weren't in prison? You weren't dead? You, um, you're not a quadriplegic? You're, you got all your teeth? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> that's by far did you make it. But that's how fucked off I was, you know? That's just, <laughs> that's, that's just, it ain't right. Yeah. You know, so, I want to say from the 20, 21 to 23 is I, that's when i knew um it was no longer fun hmm. gotcha it was no longer becoming fun it was called it was becoming maintenance it was becoming work it was a whole lot of lies and a whole lot of work just to stay loaded take care of the responsibilities go to work you know because I, I started um painting when i was about i got in the apprentice program when i was about 20 Right in there, 2021, and that was at the city of Burbank. Okay. And I swore <clears throat> I wasn't going to get loaded when I started working there. And little by little, I started doing a little more, you know, start dipping and dipping. And then next thing you know, I'm full-blown getting loaded. And it was one thing when you, when you got loaded on a Thursday, because I talk about them on my Frank Hernandez Fridays. Yeah. You get, you get <clears throat> loaded on a Thursday... And then you're super employee for Friday, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because first day you don't look, you look fine. Yeah. And you're just, you're just amped. You know, so it's you, a you, day, it goes for days? It can go for gotcha. days. So, so, <clears throat> so you start dipping from like the, all right, it's Thursday, Thursday night, get on one, start doing some shit. Um, come Friday, fucking balls out, you're at work, you're super employee. Mm -hmm. um and then it's the weekend and then you can party a little bit on saturday and then you land the plane on sunday and then monday you're you're a little off but who the fuck isn't <laughs> on a monday you know what i mean yeah and then you know it gets better by tuesday wednesday and guess what it's fucking it's it's thursday again bro it's fucking it's game time you know but what happens is what happens is you 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 start fucking up that little schedule and you start dipping from once you dip into Sunday mm. you do anything Sunday, strap your seatbelt on. Strap your fucking seatbelt on because ready? You're gonna take this one out. You gotta go all next week. The whole week. The whole fucking week. Oh shit. And and I did that a few times and that one gets rough. Because mm -hmm. um you just don't know how and when it's going to affect your system at this point. Mm -hmm. So you run into some interesting little scenarios. Yeah. You, um, I, I mean, here, this is, this is, 
this is as far as I'll go on this podcast to tell to everybody and let people know how 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 bad I was. I'd have to get up in the morning. Okay, I have to get up in the morning. I have to run out to my car, put my pants on, run out to the car that I knew had I had something in my pipe. Start my car, hit the pipe real quick so I can go just so I had enough in me to brush my teeth, brush my teeth, get dressed, and make a Scooby snack. Hmm. And then I'd do that. After I brush my teeth, I'd eat that Scooby snack. What's a Scooby snack? It's it's dope in a tissue. Okay. So you eat it like a capsule. Mm-hmm. So then after you brush your teeth, you eat the Scooby snack, and then you get back in your car, and you roast. You start smoking shit. And that would... That second smoke was enough just to get you to work. And then when you got to work, that Scooby snack would kick in. So it was this to just do this, this to just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this to start your day off. And it was sick. It was sick. It was it was rough. It was not fun. Yeah. It was literally getting loaded just to make it through your day and get... And work. I mean, I remember when 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. I was just um, another day getting loaded at the city of Burbank. And all of a sudden, everybody got all worked up. And me, I was just glad everybody was out of the shop. I was just glad everybody was gone and I didn't I really didn't know exactly what was going on until I seen it and then I was like, "Oh shit. That's what's going on." Mm-hmm. But you just can't feel you can't feel anything. You're you're fucking you're just numbed. You're just you're just surviving. Yeah. You're just surviving as a fucking dolphin at that time. So it was like we we speed up to there and one day I um I, I wake up to, because my ex didn't even talk to her mom at this time. She had no relationship with her mom. She really had no friends. But I wake up, and she has half my place packed already. Mm-hmm. And her mom's in the living room, and her and one of her friends that she hasn't seen for a long time. They're in my they're in my living room with ha- half my place packed. The place that I said I'd made it. <laughs> yeah. They have it all. <coughs> And um, I was like, oh, shit. And then once again, just, just to let everybody, you know, just to get it out there how sick I was. Um, I, I didn't blink twice. I went to the bathroom. I called my homeboy, and he was there in less seven minutes. And he threw me an issue. And, <coughs> and we went to, went to Venice Beach and played handball all day. Wow. That's just what it was. So, <clears throat> she stayed and you had to go? No, she left. She packed oh, all she, her she packed she all left. her stuff. Yeah, and, and, and this is at like 24 years old. I've been with her since I was 16. So, she, she obviously knew. Or were you able to hide it well? You know, I talk to my wife now. You know, because my wife is knows everything about me and knows my whole history. And that's one thing, you know, we talk about it. It's how she didn't, you know, my ex didn't know. Um, I don't know how she couldn't know. Yeah, you know, but it is what it is. You know, I'm just kind of giving all this background to kind of like 
put it out there yeah definitely you know how it was and where it kind of started and how sick i got and how fucking deep i got into the shit and but we're getting to the point now where this is where i knew i had to make a change mm-hmm. you know this is where i knew i had to make a change for me i had to get things right i'd fuck things off way too hard and way too long and if i wanted to make anything out of myself um you know, I had, to, I had to do something different. So, at that, at 25, 25, I, I got into recovery. Okay, I started going to um, a program, and I, I started getting some time under me, and I started getting some tools, and I started getting some some um, support and, and following suggestion and um, doing, doing, doing all that. And all in all, I... Um, I ended up going out on my own painting wise um first year being clean and I started getting a lot of jobs and I started getting real happy and started seeing the freedom of recovery and started feeling myself again and started living and started feeling my feelings and appreciating things and seeing the value of things and getting my first real run at what life can be. So once I ever, anytime I ever applied myself, right? Anytime I ever applied myself into anything, I I, I excelled at it. Got you. I did better and better. As long as I focused on it and I put all my heart into it and I put all my time into anything, I'd make something of it. So I went from two guys to three guys to four guys to five guys to one job to two jobs to reputation to working my ass off and getting building my tools up 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 the progression of all that and um I stayed I stayed sober for almost four and a half years. Wow. And then towards the end of that, let's say on the three and a half year mark, um, I went for my licensing. Mm-hmm. So, and that took me about a year. And so now here I'm sitting with about four, yeah, sitting about with four years sober and I just passed my licensing. Um, and every, I'm on top of the world. And then real quick, but I'm not going to, I'm not running my recovery program no more. I'm mm. buried in the work. Gotcha. And what happens is through this process, relationship wise, right? I'm going to cover the three bases real quick of why I say I went back out. Okay. So relationship was, you're, I know I'd made a a gnarly trail of destruction behind me in, in my in my addiction. But I get clean for one year, and I'm like, hey, to to my ex, you know, what's up with this? What's up with that? Oh, okay, two, all right. Two years go by. Hey, what's up? You did this. You did that. Give me yeah. time. Okay, three years. Now I'm going fucking three years now. Yeah. What's up? What? Am I not... And I gave you patience, I gave you time, but what's up? What's going on with you know this these parts of our relationship? Here comes four years in it. 
I'm not really, I'm tripping off that. Mm. It's an issue, but I'm focused on getting my license. You know, everything's going on. Um, my Uncle Johnny, he gets, he gets shot and killed. I get a letter all within two, three months of all this. I get, my Uncle Johnny gets shot and killed. I get a denial letter from my licensing hmm. after the fact that of my felony when I was 18, um, I fell short of the statute of limitations and they were rejecting my license. The one thing I, that was a big bummer because I was already celebrating me, family, friends, sitting back. I had all my bonding insurances. I had everything lined up. I was waiting for just for my license to come in the mail. Um, and I had a lot of work contingent on that license. And they gave me the fucking denial letter. And, I, and I, I'm like, you took my fucking fingerprints more than a year and a half ago. How the fuck did, how didn't you know? Why you wait this far and have me spend all this money and set all this up and thinking I'm right here? So that was a big bummer. So Uncle Uncle Passes, the licensing thing was a huge one for me. And then back to that relationship thing. So that's what happens. You're not running you're not running a solid program in recovery. You don't have a support system. You're trying to do it on your own will. You're just you're not keeping your eye on the ball. And when something major like that, all three of those things happened, I couldn't cope. I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't have I wanted to escape and I made a conscious decision to go back out. Hmm. So here went Frankie. Just went back out. I went, went little by little, did this, did that, moved out. Um started drinking a little, started using a little. Um that that try to do a little went full throttle. And then I caught myself, um, I caught myself fucking back in the action, back to that same old bullshit, same using again and drinking and lying and running them up. So are you hanging out with, or for this four year span, do you lose connection with the people that you were hanging out with? And then when you decide you hit them back up and start running with a different crowd or it was just, um, no, because at that point, at 30, I didn't have to, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't have all the homies no more. I don't have that set of people. Yeah. Um, I've disattached from all that. That's one of the big things um, that I did for, for being clean. You know, I disattached and, and all that. So when I started drinking again and using again, at that point, the the weird one about that or the the biggest thing about that is I didn't need nobody, nobody to get loaded with. It's just me, myself, and I, and, and I was all right. You just knew where to get it, what to do, what you what you had in mind. It was already yeah, because it's it's all out there. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you go. Alcohol sells at every store. Drugs is on every you know all around. You you don't have to you don't have to search that far. You know, you don't have to look that long. You, you'll, you'll find it. It's everywhere. Now, when you decided to um, <clears throat> jump back on it, what was your your drug of choice? Um, since you were a child, it was. It seemed like a, there was a lot of different things that you were in. What was the thing that you that mm, caught you the most? Methamphetamine got you. Yeah, meth was the 
Meth was the the one. Meth was the one that you can, I don't know, keep you up, give you energy, make you do this, you know, have you do that. It was like an enhancement to the extreme. Gotcha. So it was, um, that ended up being my, my drug of choice. Okay, so you jump back into it. So I jump back into it and I, um, I have my first daughter. I have my first daughter, Jalen, and, um, now you're, now you're, now you're like, now I'm looking at like, can I pull it together? Can I, can I do it for the, my daughter? I mean, first kid, I know what kid would mean to me. And long story short, I, I, I couldn't, I went worse. Hmm. I went worse after she turned about one. And uh, um, the thing I did, though, was, was, was like I was with her for that first year, first year and a half. I was a stay-at-home dad, you know, and I built that relationship with her. I built that father and daughter bond. Um, and so that was one thing really good that I did and, and, and that stuck. And it was very, very uh, valuable and and in years to come so then I just went after that I just couldn't hold it together and I just went worse and then I kind of just I truly checked out Hmm. so I checked out and then um I want to say 10 years ago at 31 at 31 I met my wife so I met my wife and what happened with that was we um we we in a short period of time told each other and talked to each other a lot longer than most people do and we told and one of the biggest things out of that was when i tell you i told her everything about me my whole history from right to left up and down Every dark corner, you name it, I told her. Yeah. Same with her. Every every right to left, up and down, dark corner, she laid it all out to me. And as profound as that could be in those two stories, something happened. You, We built a bond. We built an understanding. So like at my age, so for who I was and where it was for me, it was... A couple, a couple of things that stood out for me to her was, wow, this woman has never been tr- treated like a queen. She's never been treated like a woman. She's um, she's never had a man comfort her and show her love, true love, and she hasn't been catered to and she hasn't been put up on a pedestal and she's never felt what that feels like. And me she just saw somebody that's just put himself through the ringer and experienced this and experienced that and experienced this and experienced that and was broken and um that i and that i had that i had something in me so she she felt that she'd invest in me to to hopefully get to the point of what i could truly be where i could truly go and um what what um started off as 
a, a one-time date to one conversation to 30 conversations turn into love. So at this time, when did the, the conversation happen that you told her everything that you've been through? How early on in the relationship was it? Probably the first month. Really? Yeah, the first month. Did you feel like you just needed to vent to somebody? I was on the I was I was kind of like in a rut in life. I was in a rebound rebound re situation because I was kind of beating myself up there for a minute and kind of feeling the regrets of all the just me going back out and feeling you know and I had lost my relationship you know I thrown that I destroyed I finally completely destroyed my previous relationship with your daughter's mom yeah now was that your your first ex yeah that you lived with mm-hmm. got you okay yeah because i was with her 15 years mm-hmm. i was with her 15 years and then now i've been with my wife 10 got you okay so um so then so so, so then we me and my wife now we went out there we were messing around for the first couple years and then we made a decision together to get better get right um move forward and we started working and we started um we started getting you know assistance like people that we knew hey i got a job you know get into get into every job that i go to it seemed like i can i can get my wife in there Mm. so we we started marketing and then um we started doing really good at it and then we started getting better at it and then we started moving up in management and then we um we started going from hotels from living in my car to hotels to a little guest house in the back to a fucking three bedroom house hmm. you know it's progression yeah and then and then um we have our first daughter, my second daughter, our first daughter, yes. my wife's first daughter, Jenna, which she's seven now. We had her, and then we're living in Gardena, and then uh, we move. We moved back to. We moved back to Silmar with my mom. Little cool one about that is mom seven years ago, step pops, he hit a million dollars on a scratcher. Oh shit. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, he hit a, he hit a million dollars on a scratcher. <laughs> and um <clears throat> that got my mom out of apartments in Burbank to a house in Silmar, a fixer upper, and we all fixed it up and gotcha. got it right and kind of repositioned her. So then we moved out there. We moved out there, and then um, we got pregnant again. Nice. And then we had Jesse. And then um, after that, we got a house in uh, Van Nuys. And then, um, and then she starts going to school with my wife. So she tells me at, she tells me about four, four, four years ago that she wants to start doing school again. And this is her. Now she's at, she's 26, 26, 27. And I'm like, I'll support you. I'll support you if you give it a shot and see how you like it. If you, My only thing is, um, I'll support you if you do well, like mm-hmm. if you pass. Yeah. You just get passing grades. 
you know, I support you. And she goes into Valley College and she excels. She starts getting awards. We went to one award ceremony and she's the only girl right there holding five awards. Why? Wow. Why all these other people are <laughs> holding one, you know, and my wife's right there holding five. And we never knew how education would go for her. Wow. And then two years, then two years into it, um, two years into it, she starts, she graduates with the associates and she's trying to figure out what, um, what bigger college she would go to. And she tells me that one, um, one counselor told her, she mentioned UCLA to the one counselor and the lady told her like, good luck. Hmm. Like, nice try like really good luck so she came home she told me that and she goes you know what <clears throat> i'm gonna do it yeah hell yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna, I'm gonna write a letter i'm gonna write my whole life raw i'm over where i feel where i where we've been at to where, where i've my whole life story 100 percent uncut and how i feel now and where i'm at now with my grades and i'm gonna apply to ucla now had she had a pretty uh rough life up to this point i would say so got you i would say so unfortunate in many ways yeah yeah, yeah. so but she always the thing i can say about my wife is she's always kept the golden heart i'm telling you no matter what anybody's gone through what anybody goes through if for somehow some way they can keep their heart oh that's that's such a blessing there there's people are just so fortunate if they can just keep that heart alive and 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 not darkened, you know, and keep it in the light. Yeah. So she applies to UCLA and she gets a full fucking scholarship. Wow. I hope she went and told that counselor. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets a full full ride to UCLA and we move to West we move to the cusp of Westwood. Okay. Um Culver City, and we live in the UCLA housing, um, and she just got her bachelor's in sociology. Wow. She's looking at what um, what her next step is, and girls, you know, my kids are six and seven now and 12, and they go to a good school. Um, they, we go to all their functions. I mean, just normal life, you know, just all their little Christmas performances. You know, one thing I'll add to all this right now, and this is one of the biggest blessings I have in all my, all my addiction, all my, all my alcoholism and all my bad ways. To this day, my kids, if I, if I stay clean and I continue the road that I'm on and I never go back, and this is one thing I hold very true to me. My kids never saw Dope Fiend Dad. My kids have never seen a drunken father. That's beautiful. One way, one way or another, my kids don't have that story. My 12-year-old has dad stepped away for two years. Got you. Okay? And the older she's getting, she, I, I, I've talked to her. You know? I, I've... I've um, I, by all means, I don't go out there and go, hey, dude, your dad was a dope fiend. Your dad was a fucking drug addict. He couldn't yeah, help yeah. himself. He did that. No. You know, it, it come to a point where 
um it was always told to her and it was said for me daddy was sick yeah daddy was making poor choices daddy um didn't know how to make right choices he had to just it was better mm -hmm. it was better you'll you'll learn later that it was better that daddy was absent for that time to work on himself yeah you know so it's um i'm very fortunate in that one because if you know i'm just gonna tell you how much my daughters mean to me my, my daughters are my world my daughters um what it is for me is i understand what a dad means to them how important it is for me of their father to be present but not only present um be be active in their feelings be active in their emotions um continue to build a relationship with them individually you know that's the that's the real important one for me yeah if i could sit here and i can be through you know gone through what i've gone through and learn what i've learned and have the mindset that i have and i'm and i'm and I'm growing and I have a lot of knowledge of what it is about feelings and emotions and processing and stuff like that. Um, why can't I give that to my kids? Why can't I listen to them more um, at, at their caliber, at their age? How come I, I can't instill things in them, um, set example for them, um, share things with them on their level um, and just give them hopefully a tiny bit of a head start on them getting a grasp on their feelings and their emotions and how they project things and how they receive things and how they react with things you know yeah so it's just one of those things where um i say the kids are what doesn't let any father settle yeah you know can i go out there and get paint jobs right now can i build commitment soldier to just this half mass thing and can i get a can i get a one bedroom house or a one bedroom apartment or, or or anything like that and just make it survive be okay sure the minute you have the kids to for me it's it's we're not settling for shit nothing all in strive 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 build 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 complete Go after things, reassess things, look at things deeper, look at, broaden your, broaden your um, range of what you're looking at, what you can do, what you're going to get out there and what you can get. I mean, when we talk about what we can build, there's no limit to it. Yeah. We, we only, I've, that's the only thing I've ever looked at in my whole history of things. I only limited myself. And, and I, I want to say that everything that i've gone through and everything that i've experienced brought me to this point 29 months one day today dude congratulations brother 29 months was yesterday 29 months 29 months one day today and and hell yeah i just look at it at 41 years old it's i have 19 years i'm not saying that i'm gonna die at 60 but i have 19 years to be fully active fully functional and go out there and build what I can build. Make build those relationships. One thing that I've I've noticed in life and what stands out to me in life, it's um it's building those relationships out there. Building solid ones. Getting out there and meeting the people that you truly want to have in your life or could or could have in your life and 
and um, cultivating those relationships. Everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute. Yo, what's up, fool? Make sure you check out Downstar for all of your dress-up needs. Get it poppin' over here. We have all the kits for the K-Series, the B-Series, the transmission, the mounts, the engine, the Toro, baby. We have the hardware for the seats, for the stereo. We got it for the speakers. We got it for the lug nuts. We got it for the air valves. We got it for everything, dog. So you make sure you hit us up at downstarring.com or you call us up, fool. You can even text us, lame, 818-937-3472. Just shoot us a text and tell us what's up, dog. I need some fucking balls in this bitch. Hit us up, downstarring.com. Hey, and if you got an Instagram, slide in our fucking DM, at downstar. Wait, hit up the homie, Frank underscore downstar. He's the one that takes care of all the DMs. Hit that lever up and shoot him a message and he'll get you all taken care of real nicely. <clears throat> so, 29 months sober. 29 months in one day. Clean. What happened the 29 months ago where you had to decide that, yo, this is it. I'm, I'm making a change. One last, one last... What happened? All right, I'll give the one last what happened. This one's pretty... had to remind myself of the addict that I am. So my wife has a friend, and it was her birthday. And we ended up... Um, we ended up going to a, a, a bar out in the valley. And her friend's gay. Mm -hmm. So it was a gay bar, and I was... I don't know, I'll check out the scene, but I'm not too fond of that, you know, like like going to a bar like that yeah. so i'll check it out and see what's what and make my decision if i'm gonna chill here or there and i had a few beers we went there was not that many people and i uh hadn't been messing around and i go to the bathroom and dude tries to hit on me mm -hmm. i was like dude get the fuck you know get away from me and I turn around, and then he goes, he turns around and goes, well, I bet, I bet you like this. And he pulls out a bag of dope. Hmm. And without thinking, I walk right up to him. I grab him by his collar, and I grab the bag out of his hand, and I throw him out of the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I'm left right there with the bag of dope in my hand. And just to explain exactly where my head goes, it's instant time frame. I'm going to use this. How am I going to do it? This, that, and the other. And I fucking ate it. It was the fastest thing I could do to get back out there because now I'm going to get loaded and I have the wife out there. And so I fucking ate it. I, I it was an abundance. And then 45 minutes later, I'm fucking. Uh, my wife's looking at me like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And I'm, uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> fucking nothing. I, it, it never fails, bro. I'll be like the most fucking twisted motherfucker looking at you going, oh, man, nothing. Nothing to do shit. Like, nothing. Just check me out. Feel my pulse. Like, I can be look, fuck twisted in a motherfucker, right? And I'll still just try to ride it out like, ah. <laughs> No, hand in the cookie jar. No, yeah. I didn't fucking do it. Not doing it. No, so, but that was a really, really, really big eye opener because back to the kids, back mm -hmm. to kids, back to kids, UCLA, 
um, my work and just in life. It was just, it was the one last thing that I had to do to remind myself that I, I, I need recovery. I need yeah. help. I need, I can't do this by myself. I need some type of program in me. Yeah. I need some type of guidance. I need, I can't do this on my own. This is what happens when I'm left to my own device. So it was one of the biggest ups and fucking slam against the ground ever. And it just, it, it sucked. It hurt. It was demoralizing. It was, it, it created so many fucking feelings in my life where I was at. Yeah. And I, best thing that happened because I knew at that point what I've been through and what I've, what I knew about everything, what I, the one thing I did know was the only way that I would fix this one was completely changed my life around and go the other direction there was only one way when i sat there and i was coming down and i was feeling everything i was feeling i i knew there was only one way to fix it there was only one way it wasn't just there was only one way bro which was completely turn my life around and put everything behind me and just go forward and and show myself so it will show others that I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. So right away, I was um, I just went to a meeting. I went to a, a meeting. I looked at where the meetings were. I got into a dude. I was still fucked off, and I was. I, I still remember. I talk in my meetings. I go. I remember. I sat right there. I came in day one. I felt retarded. Looked retarded. I was a mess, and I remember trying to eat a fucking banana. Yeah. Just to look halfway normal and. Remember how I ate that fucking banana? It was fucking retarded. And I just remember how you guys just, you didn't judge me. You didn't look at me funny. You so just, was it still in your system at that time? Oh, yeah. That that took a minute. That took a minute to get out. That was, Shit. That was a terrible. You get older and you don't, you don't I, I didn't come down as easy. I didn't bounce yeah. back right away. It took a good two, three days to, to level off and come down and then it was like three more days of fucking sleep and eat and once again i just had to like grab myself from feet like i was telling you outside yeah i had to go sometimes we'll grab ourselves by our own feet and fucking boom 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 fucking smash yourself against the fucking ground <laughs> and then you fuck man like this this just that's just what it was and i'm so grateful for that yeah i'm so fucking grateful for that one last dupe one last bad poor fucked up decision that i made because it led me right into recovery hell yeah it led me right into my 29 months one day it led me back to um working on my life again as a whole i i share i share with um one of my best friends drew warner that owns synergy finishes mm -hmm. Um, one of the best best Venetian plasters in uh, West LA and Los Angeles as a whole. Um, he got clean ten days later. Really? He got clean ten days later, and for the last twenty nine months minus ten days, yeah. we've helped each other. We've leaned on Fuck each yeah. other. We've prayed together. We've we've shared everything we can together we bounced off every idea that we have together we 
we've done it together and and, and it's so important to not only have um a little network if not a big network of people to uh, lean on when it comes to recovery but fuck if i would tell anybody if you could just find one person in your life one one person in your life that you can just tell anything and everything to you know and the, and that seeing and looking and for me that's not that's not even mentioning my wife yeah the wife i have i can tell anything and everything to my wife my life partner she she knows she's been through it she understands it you know she's 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 my you know she's my soulmate she's my life partner i found the one she loves me for me inside and out i love her inside and out nothing sugar coated everything's um been so raw yeah you know and, and everything's been so laid out and we understand we keep working on what the importance of what we do together how we process things together how we work you know how we bounce things off each other how we um we look at things that are important to keep the fire built to to grow the fire in our relationship to um not get stagnant how important we are to each other more than um one way and all the ways we do and then and then how to balance that out by being the parents that we are by being the student she is by being the the business owner that I am and trying to just create more. I mean, it's one of the biggest things in life is learning how to prioritize and balance everything, you know, and, 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 and just shifting it all around. Cause if you back to that all or nothing thing, yeah. you know, you want to be the best dad you can, the best husband you can put out the best fucking quality work you can. Um, and then all those fucking relationships that I'm talking about, so it's like a man of many hats. Yeah. You know, man of many hats going out there every day and just creating more and more opportunity. You know, see, because we're the ones. We're the ones that get up. We get the ability to get up and get out there, and we create our own opportunity. If it's making phone calls, if it's talking to people at the paint store, the hardware store, the street. Fuck, you get me on the 405 traffic. I've learned how to utilize the 405 traffic. I look for the fucking big 250 um, construction truck with Tom driving, and I and I get next to him, and I'm looking for him. I'll make sure I, I, I pull up to him. Yeah. And I got my truck loaded with tools, and, and I, I tell him, roll your window down. <laughs> yeah. What's up? How's business? What do you do? What do you specialize <laughs> in? And I do all that just to get to the point where I can tell him what I do. Yeah. Who I am. People are people. You go out there and you talk to them all. You throw a thousand pieces of shit against the wall in my industry and one's going to stick. Yeah, fuck yeah. All right, so look in, so here. <clears throat> so in the process of all this, I'm going to a, a, a paint store. I'm going to a paint store for the last couple of years out there in Westwood. Um, it's the Shield Park on Olympic. And uh, one of the dudes that helps me get the paint, one day he asked me, he says, um, Hey, what do you know about broken windows? Mm-hmm. And I was all broken windows? He's all, yeah, glass, man. And I was like, shit, I know. <laughs> I know a lot about that shit. What's up? He's all, dude, you're fucking funny. You're funny. And if you know about that, let me, I'm starting this page. And this was a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. He's all, I'm starting this page called uh, Food's Gone Wild. And, um, 
I want I want to record you. So I was like, one of your little stories. You got story, and I was like, yeah, I got fucking stories. He was like, I want to record you. So I, I put, threw it off, threw it off, threw it off. And one day he caught me. He's like, hey, and I was like, fuck it, let's come on, let's go do one real quick. You know, we'll just go fucking. <laughs> so we went out to the back of the paint store, and there it was. I threw out the commitment, and um, he videoed it and and he put it out there. And this is look at this is when Fools Gone Wild had. 8,000 followers. Yeah. And he put it out and it did okay. It got like 3,000 views, whatever. And he was like, hey, dude, fucking did. It got some it got some views. And then uh, I did another one, Scooby Snacks. Yeah. And these are the first two I did a year ago. You know, back of the paint store, all ghetto, all raw. But they were they they did a little something and he only had that big of a platform and um i went no i don't want to do it no more not right now i want to be the best fucking painter in the world i want to get out there and success you got me in westwood beverly hills you got me doing these hiring jobs one way or another i don't want for some reason because i'm i wasn't a big social media person gotcha i just went oh dude if, if if a bunch of people see this the wrong people maybe i don't get in I don't, it's going to get in the way of these big prestigious jobs or yeah. bigger jobs with me getting further into these higher end homes. And, um, so we didn't do no more. And then a year later, you know, he hits me up and he says, um, I got an idea. You know, I got an idea and, um, we're a business now mm-hmm. and, and, um, I could pay you. And I went, all right, well, what are you talking about? And he was like, all right, Frank Hernandez Fridays. I want you to do Frank Hernandez Fridays every Friday. You know, I want you to do this. I can give you that. And let's see. And let's try try first five, you know, first five videos and let's see how it does. And um, at this point, he has like 420,000 followers. God damn. So boom, we I go into the studio. Now they got a studio. They're all set up. They got it going on. You know, they got the whole kit and caboodle, and and they they got merch, and they're a full fledged, fools gone wild. Yeah, thriving, thriving to this day. Only gonna get bigger. Only gonna come up with better things, and and it's, it's a huge platform. And I, I do these Frank Hernandez Fridays, and right away they take off. They're fucking funny, bro. Eight videos, the last I checked, probably a month ago. Not bad. First eight videos, 1.3 million views. <laughs> and um, it's, it's, it's taking off. It's doing what it's doing. And yeah. it's, 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 it's gaining followers. It's, it's like the comments are funnier than shit. <laughs> it's almost like you look at one of those videos and um, you, you have a blast looking at the video, but then you read all the comments that come in and you're just, it's a whole nother show. It's a whole nother fucking 15 minutes of fucking <laughs> laughing your ass off yeah. reading all the comments. And uh, through this process, um, at one point, you know, they they told me, you know, you should make your own page. Yeah. All right. So I, I put together, I just sat there and I walked around for like three minutes and I went, Oh, commitment soldier. I came because commitment. All right, soldier. Commitment soldier. All right, that's the name of my page, and I didn't think nothing of it. Yeah. So in the midst of all these videos, I I told I told the dude from Fools Gone Wild, my friend. I said, hey, um, 
I mean, I'm in, I'm in recovery though, and I, you know, I'm, I'm saying these fucking way out raw fucking stories. <laughs> you know, I always want to like, I want, I gotta say something. I want to say something in recovery or, or something better or something like that. I want to establish that um, this is just raw entertainment. That's that. So he blessed me. He goes, hey, I know how much that means to you. I'm going to do you a solid on one of the next runs. He goes, throw in one of those videos of you saying, you know, what you want to say about it, it's just this, it's just that. And to, so I went on one and I went, hey, this is, this is Frank Hernandez, Frank Hernandez Friday, whatever, whatever. But this is, you know, this, you know, all this that I do here is for the raw entertainment, show you what's out there, how it could be like. And it's just for the humor of things. But here on the up and up, follow me at Commitment Soldier for any questions or anything you want to ask me about how I got right, how I changed my life, how I got different, how I can help. Come follow me at Commitment Soldier. And um, eight weeks later, I had 10,000 followers. Wow. And I'm going on, I'm probably going on 11 or 12 weeks now. I'm kind of stagnant at. 10,000 but as much as I know I need followers right okay mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not tripping on it I'm not the one sitting here going how do I get how do I get yeah, yeah it's yeah. gonna happen yeah I want people to follow me because they like what I'm putting out there and say so through these 10,000 people and I see what um now I start and keep at my at this point it's just follow me at commitment soldier because that's my page and and I'm I, I have a thought in my head that I'm just gonna put um, motivating stuff on there, re little recovery things, um, uplifting things, um, little funny things that I put on just my own personal yeah. raw entertainment page, and um, all of a sudden I start getting you know DMs, I start getting the videos, the video calls. Mm -hmm. Hey, how'd you get right? How'd you get off this? How'd you do that? How do I do this? What do you suggest? I give it my all to everybody that I video call. I let them know that they don't have to do this shit alone. Even if it's just me right there on the other end of a, a, a message, a DM, or a video chat that we could do on Instagram. I'm here. You give them the reassurance that my number one thing to them is they can do it if they choose to. Number two is they don't have to do it alone. I'm right here. You can always reach out to me. Yeah. I'll guide you. I'll be there for you. I'll give you suggestion. I'll do anything I can for the moments that I have to, to give you the best advice I can to guide you in the in a better direction. So through this, now all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting DMs. Well, when you can get merch, how do I become a, a commitment soldier? Yeah. I'm a commitment soldier. Um, When you when are you going to do commitment soldier Thursday? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm and I, it hit me. I went, fuck, commitment soldier can, is something. I started thinking about commitment. Fuck, commitment means so much or so little or something to everybody. It's not just for young people. It's not just for old people. It's not just for this. Um, race or that race it's, it's widespread yeah soldier strength in it there's meaning in it it backs up the commitment we got something here hell yeah 
all right, threw this little thing out. Who would like to see Commitment Soldier turn this into something or build something? I got a decent response. And I went to Legal Zoom and I looked up the Commitment Soldier and I Googled it. Not Nothing even close. You get the army or some shit. Yeah. And I went, fuck. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy the trademark. Buy, buy the LLC. Make it mine. Develop it. So I did. Now I own Commitment Soldier. Hell yeah. It's my LLC. It's my... It's my... Do- it's my own... It's my, it's my little business, my little brand that I can start and I can build to anything I want on the basis of life. On the basis of life and what, what we can do and we can help. We can help people in recovery. We can help people as a people. We can help people as a brand. If I ever had it my way, it's, it's something where I'd want you to be wearing... Like, say you're wearing one of my Commitment Soldier hats and you're walking down the street and you see somebody with the Commitment Soldier sweatshirt or a hoodie or whatever it is or a shirt. I want you guys to know that you guys are going to talk. You guys are going to minimally say what's up. Yeah. You guys are going to spit something back and forth positive. You know, it's it's something that where the whole basis behind it is going to be um, lift each other up, don't break each other down. You know, we need to start learning to live together and and lift each other up in, more, in all the different ways that we can um, so we can get to our next goal, so we can get to our next step. We can do it together. Man, if, if, if everybody knew that if we just knew how to do things more cordially together, let alone do things wholeheartedly together with some feeling behind it, what that creates, where you can go, that whole saying two minds is better than one, three minds is better than two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so on and so on. People, people with people make the world go round. We uplift each other, or we don't, and that, and that to me is very unfortunate. How can we, okay? So, the one thing factual is that we're, our population has grown. So, so our population has grown this fucking big, but that created everybody to go more introvert. Yeah. What the fuck? Everybody, everybody puts up their guard more. And I'm not saying for everybody to go out there and let their fucking guard down and <laughs> don't don't be vigilant or you know be suckers or or to get taken advantage of no just pick and choose go out there there's a lot of fucking good people out there yeah there's a lot of good people there's a lot of good things you know and seeing like i think about like evil and darkness and bad it's always been there yeah it's 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 always been there and it's it hasn't got worse there's always been really really bad shit yeah it's but the thing we look at is goodness. Goodness has grown. Greatness and 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 evolution of what great is now and best is now and talents are on the good note. It's all it's it's all it's all expanded. I mean, look at the shit they do with BMX bikes, motocross, 
um, snow snow events, you know, the yeah. shit they're doing on all these different things. Look at your cars out there. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought? It's uh, it's this new age that we got, man, the social media. It allows your message to, to get spread a lot wider than you had possibilities in the, in the past, you know, and with you having this this message um talking about your story the things that you've gone through you can reach way more people than you could in the past which is it's a blessing man it's it's a great thing and i think that your story is something that can definitely help out a lot of people and um when you came here earlier today you told me a story about uh when you went to starbucks right now yeah that. Let me let me have you tell that story, yeah, man, because so, so, that was that was great. I so, loved it. So then, like when I when I pulled to the Starbucks this morning, it's um, it's all the early early bird addicts, riffraff, whatever you want to call it, and they're all congregating out there. And um, it's about twelve of them, and I just checked the scene out, and this one guy picking his face, staring down, the other guy just looking around couple other people just walking in circles basically i'm doing all their morning jive and you know getting getting um getting their morning together you could say and um i go in there i order my coffee and as i'm waiting for my coffee i go back out there and to me it's like any chance i get to go out there and go hey what's up guys what's going on how are you you know, I'm I'm always gonna go out there. I'm always gonna talk to everybody. I'm always gonna talk to the addicts. I'm always gonna talk to any crowd like that. You know, I'm always gonna um, let them know, you know, who I am and why I'm saying hi and hey, I've been through it and yeah, um, things do get better and you know how how's it going and just throw the just throw the little fishing net out there. Throw it throw it out there. Give them a little hope. Yeah, you know. I, I can I can um just say a few little key points about this or about that just to see they how, how they respond um it's to me it's planting a little seed you throw little seeds out there everywhere you go you know and ultimately like I was telling you is it's in hopes that it gets them thinking it might be that it may be that one thought that helps them get that much even if it's getting that much closer to that better decision whenever they make it yeah okay um but but then like i was telling you the the golden one is you never know when you said what you said and you walk away and somebody goes hey can you help what were you talking about what do you mean yeah ah and then you just take that to wherever you could take that i think life is just a whole a whole whole lot about executing your goals and stuff like that but it's it's a lot of throwing your fishing hooks out there in many different ways we go fishing every day throw throw a bunch of lines in the water yeah you know throw throw a lot of them out there um go out there and just keep striving to create that opportunity that i talk about say 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 hi to everybody spark up conversation and 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 ultimately like like this one like i just when i when i say hi and it turns into a small conversation i can't tell you how many times it turns into so what do you do what do you do yeah oh you're a painter 
shit, my friend Bob needs a painting. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just asked me, hey, my daughter's room. Yeah. You never, it's, it's, it's amazing how, just back to that old school hello. Yeah. Right? That proper hi. How you doing? Okay? How that turns into a potential small conversation. That turns into an opportunity. All by just being old-fashioned, basic, proper. Yeah. You know, there's it's fundamentals. Basics. Get the fundamentals, fundamentals down and the basics of life. The structure in your life. What it is. Just be... I say like you, you be you be mainstream, um, courteous, mannerism, honest, thoughtful, just basic. Yeah, you're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game out there. Then you enhance that all the enhancements that you throw into your life. You know, being truly thoughtful, how you're thoughtful, how you're communicative, how you're helpful, um, how you how you um, execute things how you go the extra mile how you're able to like cover multiple bases at one time how you're able to be truly giving with no expectations of return yeah all the enhancements and then see how that starts working for you i mean like if you can get out there and you can just thoughtful dude like what i've been saying is like dude if you just get out there and you be truly genuinely just thoughtful and you implement that into your life your daily life I can't tell you how well that works for me. Being honest. Being 100% honest. You know, and staying within boundaries of that. You're not telling every motherfucker your breast things get out of my face. <laughs> yeah. Hey, fucker, you didn't wipe your ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But just being honest. You <clears throat> know? No, I feel you, man. Just doing the basis of what we're supposed to be doing as men. Yeah. You know, um, how far it gets you. Um. Being well-spoken, um, communicate with your eyes, live with your heart, live live with everything that God gave you. You know what I mean, and, and put it out there, and 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 don't be don't be scared to ask, and don't be when it comes to asking for something if you think you need it. Um, asking what it is if you don't know it, remain teachable. You know, the minute we think we got it all fucking figured out, we lost. Yeah, definitely. The minute we don't continue to grow, we become stagnant. We lost. You know, it's it's one of those things where I raised my kids to change three generations of dysfunction. I build commitment soldier to anything and everything I can build it to. I build my career honestly and from the ground up to as far as I could take it and all in all even if I don't accomplish all that to the degree my ego would say we wanted at yeah as long as I'm okay and I help myself and I help as many people as I can and I'm thoughtful and I'm honest and I, I truly try to the best of my ability each and every day Then I then I can rest my head at night easy. I can I can not lose sleep over things. I can be okay with myself.
I can I can have this thing called honor. You know, I can have this thing called value. Yeah. I I I I, I not only stay who I am, but I become better and better and better and I become more worthwhile. You know, and and I I keep I know I have a good future ahead of me. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, I know I have a great future ahead of me and I know that um, I'm going to succeed in um, a lot more things than I think I am just because of the way I, my outlook is and the things that I do each and every day and w- what and where I keep going and how I put myself out there and how I receive people and, 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 and build all my relationships and just how I walk my daily life. Dude, I love it, man. Um, I want to talk about your business, Quality Paintworks. Um, ever since we've been uh, uh, we've been in contact, I've kept an eye on the business, and and you, you come out with some pretty great work, man. I like it. So, uh, how's everything going with that? It's going wonderful. It's it's um, you know, just with work. It's just twenty two year veteran, painting and drywall. And and I just try to keep up with times as far as execution, execution products and tooling, and um, it's a lot of cool stuff out there, you know. And I just um, God gave me two hands that I'm really good with, and I put my heart and soul into every job that I do, and um, I produce some really good clean work, and I enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's um. It's one of those things where my line of work, it helps me with, for, for the majority, you're going to run into some more difficult, challenging jobs, but um, for as long as, I, as long as I've done it and how long I've been doing it and how I do it, a lot of it is my yin time, yeah, my my time, my think time, my um, time that I get to reflect and I'm in a good zone, I'm in a good space, I'm really focused and painting painting and construction finishing is is very rewarding to me um in many ways well one it's it's not the same place every day it's beautifying things it's taking something that looks like this and turning it into that Mm -hmm. and um it's a real confidence booster ego booster um very much there's a compliment value out of because you're not only working providing for your family and you're doing it honestly and you're doing it from good old-fashioned hard work and um great skill set um you you're turning into things really nice yeah and you're beautifying things and you're getting the wows from your customers and you're getting the awes from your customers and I, I think it wasn't until years ago when I made my first customer cry, the lady. No way. Yeah. You know? Wow. That's that's the... There's a lot of rewards in it. Hell yeah. I mean, um, there's no limits to where you could take our finishes. Dude, that that's awesome, man. If, um, if somebody wanted to contact you about getting work done, how would they go about doing that? Um, you can... And what area um, around do you support? I'll support anywhere from Oxnard to Oxnard to 
from Oxnard, Palmdale, back to Long Beach, I would say. Got you. Nice little 100-mile radius there. Definitely. If it's, <clears throat> if, it's worth, if it's worth our efforts and worth the time and we can work something out, then definitely. I mean, just recently, um, I went to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, through Instagram. So, uh, a gentleman saw my, you know, I've been talking. I'm in this, I'm in this um, little group called... Uh, bonded by the brush and it's uh-huh. just a um a, a good 40 to 60 of us and we're scattered all around the world in the states and we share the common goal and knowledge of painting yeah and um a gentleman saw my work and um we talked about you know i had some time could you make it out here could i could i go out there and what can you put together for me if you know offer wise and he came at me with a great offer and um flew me out there and did some work with him and wow. he treat he he treated he's the right painter in um uh on a little Waikiki gotcha yeah and um he's great man and uh his name's Sam and uh he treated me really well he paid me really well he showed me the island um, I flew my wife out there for the last seven days. Yeah. And um just had an amazing time and I mean we'll go listen, if 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 the scope of work it falls right into our line of work and uh the compensation is fair and it's worth our while, we'll we're putting we'll we'll pretty much go anywhere. Man, I love within it. Within reason, you know. Making it out to Hawaii, that's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty rad. Um there's no limit to construction. There's no limit to life. Yeah. Not, not at all. I mean, um, did I think I was walking into a 55,000 square foot fucking estate a week ago Yeah. to go do a bid? And if you've seen the... Now that's... Now that one... Um, there might be a couple of finishes that is beyond our really beyond our level I yeah mean, we're really talented we're really good and we we cover 90 percent of any custom finish from scenic <laughs> schemes to the highest in high polished lacquers to endless variation of um venetian plasters marmarinos any custom paint um we cover it drywall textures and stuff but any any custom finish we can do it's it's when we get into some of those i want to say um like those angels and god murals and stuff like that yeah that you know i think i I think we just i don't think we get up into that one i saw recently that you did one it looked like a maybe like a tree or something yeah that's one of the Regina and she does some really really nice custom work so very I'll, cool I'll do all her base coating and prep work and, and then she'll come in there and she'll do her she'll do her fancy um uh, artscapes and stuff like that and she's very very talented nice you man. just try to sound surround yourself see one of the biggest things in life is just it's not all that you, what you know it's um who you know that will 
they not only do you know them, but you can call them and you can get them to work with you. You know, it's just knowing knowing the right people to do the right job. It's know? building a network, man. Absolutely. I was just talking about this uh, yesterday. I was on a podcast and um, I was talking to the guy and we were just talking about networking and the value of it and the value of networking uh, I've seen early on and that's actually what helped me get to this point that we're at today. Just putting myself in uncomfortable situations, talking to people that usually I wouldn't talk to. Asking, what do you do? I do this. What do you do? Okay, maybe we could connect one day. I need somebody that that needs to get their house painted. Hey, Frank, maybe this guy, can I send him your info or what have you? Um, We were talking earlier about the merch. I have a guy that I send work to all the time. I'll message him. Hey, I'm going to send a guy your way. Okay, cool. Perfect. Send you his info. You guys connect and then go from there. You know, it's just everybody help each other out. No, and then, then watch, talking about you. I forget who I mentioned that I was going to do a podcast with. For, he owns this company, Downstar, and he does some race car little tchotchke <laughs> parts. And yeah. she went, oh, my dad would love that. Really? And I went, what? And she goes, my dad's all into race cars and all that shit. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you just never know when anything's going to land from this to that. Yeah. If, if I, if I would have told you in a million years that if I would have ever been sitting here building Commitment Soldier, talking to Frank Downstar, doing a podcast on Instagram with ten, just look at even just 10,000 followers, um, coming off of um, having 1.3 million views on this platform called Fool's Gone Wild. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I would have never fathomed it. Life's like that, man. No, it's just everything you just keep putting yourself into. Yeah. And like you said, it's those uncomfortable um, positions that uh, you typically wouldn't do, but you go outside your comfort zone and you go out and you get it. Me, I, like me, I, I, don't, I, I don't give a fuck. That's, that's half the reason why and the key to me is there's so many responsibilities and so many things that I got to give a fuck about that... The other part, I can't. I don't. Yeah. I don't waste my efforts there. I don't waste my energy. Frank's going to go out there. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go create that opportunity for myself, for what I can build to help others, to to make a difference, to get out there and, and, and make a stand in my life. And something that has um, um, substance and value and and I'm gonna do it all through honesty and transparency, and and righteousness. Yeah. You know, and and I just think nothing's. I know nothing's gonna stop me there. I, you know, I just caught myself saying the other day is like, you know, a lot of us we try to live in the light. You know, we try to stay in the light, stay in the light, stay out of the darkness. Come on, get in the light. If you're ever feeling negative, scoot over. Get into the light. Well, back to enhancements. Why, why not be the light? Yeah. Hell yeah. Why not be that fucking shining light? Why don't you be that person that's going around spreading your energy, spreading your goodness, being that light, um, overcoming people, uh, overcoming people's barriers, um, uh, pulling the 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 introverts out, being that extra extrovert that you are, and just go out there and fucking do it. Yeah. Make it happen. All through communication. Communication is key. You can say anything to anybody, anytime, anywhere. It's how you say it. 
you just go out there and you do it. I love it, man. And that's one of the reasons for this podcast. You know, I love sitting with people like yourself, hearing their story, hearing their their downfalls, the things that they went through, and then fast forward seeing where they're at today and giving hope to people who may not even be at that the dark places that you have been, but they think that where they're at is is a, a dark place. So it gives them a lot more motivation to be able to escape that. All, all, all my past did for me was have me go through things that I learned from as a whole, have a different perspective as a whole on life, show me back to value, 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 value. Because of that, I see the value of this. Yeah. I see the value of life. I see the value of breath. I see the value of honesty. I see the value of people. I see the value of relationships. I see the value of love. Love. Fucking love. Why can't we love more? Yeah. Why can't we say we... You know, where's love at? Love is all around, but it's tucked in corners. It's a very intimate thing, you know? Yeah. A lot of people don't want to... uh... We're not going to throw it around loosely, though. Yeah. But fuck. You know what I mean? You can love the next person. You don't have to barbecue with them every weekend. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need to know their social security number and (laughs) check their credit and go through 10 bad things to see how it all played out and yeah you know i'm not saying going out there and trust the world but why don't, why don't we start by trusting ourselves you know yeah now you working with uh fools gone wild i see that they have a lot of um like live events that they'll do concerts or what have you have you ever been to any of those events um no back to back to me being a father and having focus on my paint business, you know, and then recovery and then gym and and just time and, you know, how many hours are in a day. Uh, I'm still learning how to do all this. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and back to priorities, right? And balancing everything. Uh, the really interesting thing about fools gone wild it's it's an amazing platform to have big platform to have backing me and they've opened a door and laid out the red carpet for me and they will assist me on anything and everything that i i want and any ideas and so forth and um but everything i've done with them ready i've only invested maybe two and a half hours in the fools gone wild at this point really yeah it's just everything that i i'm gonna do and everything that um that i've done has been 100 percent raw yeah 100 percent off the top of my head um 100 from me nothing none of my videos that i've posted on frank hernandez fridays were rehearsed um looked back at edited switched nothing it's been right off the top of my head yeah recorded and then never look back at and just wait till they post yeah i i actually wanted to get into that um there was one that really stood out to me 
and uh, I want to see if you can go over this one. Um, it was about the uh, the addict. <laughs> Tweaker pits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if we can, uh, if you don't mind, what do you want to know? Just tell, telling that one for the people that haven't heard it. Um, once again, guys, this is every Friday on Fools Gone Wild. It's Frank Fern- Frank Hernandez Fridays. <clears throat> I'd been I'd been frequent frequenting this um spot with an individual. You have to go with an individual, take you to the spot, and then you, you you cop and whatever. And then it got to this point one time where. I just went by myself and I knocked on the door and let me in, he recognized me, whatever. And I sat there and copped and I just heard something up above, but fucking tweaking. I didn't think nothing of it. Yeah. Went back another time and conversation's just a little bit better. And I hear that fucking noise up, up on the, the, the ceiling and he catches me, you know, he, he like, you hear that, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking like I'm tweaking or something, but I, what the fuck? And he gets all giddy. <laughs> he starts getting all giddy, and he's like, oh, like, fuck. Like, I'm going to show you what's up there and uh, get ready for this. And and I'm like tripping the fuck out. He's already somewhat of a weirdo. And, but the way he got all giddy, fucking, oh, like, fuck. He wanted to show you. Oh, he, oh, he, he, oh, I'm going to show you. And he goes to the, he goes to the uh, kitchen, the little, the pull down little ladder. And I'm like, like, what the fuck? I've seen some shit, but this is, this is, this is new. This is something for the book. I'm like, what the fuck? So I go over there and he pulls this little ladder down. And, and the minute he pulls it down, it just, stale it smells like smoke stale sweat funky it's just and it's and it's barely barely lit up there Mm -hmm. and he's like take a look take a look in there and i'm like fuck all right were you afraid to look up there no i'm like, (laughs) like i'm just going i'm just thinking like what the fuck you know like what so i i I climb up there, I put my head in, dude, and it's like fucking four people in there, two guys, two girls, and they're super skinny and there's 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 stuff laying around, paraphernalia, and there's it's just real stagnant in there, it's really light dim and their eyes are all big and they're all sucked up and they're all just the way they were moving. And he and, and I was like Fuck! And I come down. And he's closing. He's the night starts to tell me. He goes, "Yeah, those are my tweaker pets every now and then. I keep them up there and I give them a little bit at a time, and they cry for it and they just they they, they fiend for it and I just give them little niblets and I take care of them. I keep them up there. My tweaker pets. What the fuck? And I was like, wow. <laughs> Levels to this shit. Yeah. There's some there's crazy shit out there. There's some, some way out shit out there. It's great to see you in a good space, man. Well, yeah, I love it. I mean, I could be going where I'm going. I could be one of those fucking tweaker pits. Yeah. Nah, I just choose this road. Definitely. I got a lot to give to people. So, for somebody listening right now that <clears throat> might have a problem with addiction, maybe it hasn't got to the level where it's really impacted their life. 
maybe they just it's been leading them in a in a dark path and they want to get away from it as as quick as possible what do you think would be some actionable items that they can do well first and foremost you can just you can get at me at commitment soldier on instagram you can dm me there um you can ask for assistance ask for help um we can start talking there um if you don't make it to commitment soldier um there's plenty of places of recovery in each and every city each and every place um go online go online and um look for the nearest recovery house um detox center um give them a call you know there's a, there's a, there's hotlines look for the look for the hotline number give it a call ask for help ask for help period anybody i mean just just best thing i can say is literally just ask anybody for help and if the first person shuts you down ask the next person just ask for help you know you guys can't do it by yourself you need help you need assistance you need guidance you need some you need a lot of suggestion you know you you need you just need somebody yeah you know you definitely just need somebody and you need to um ask for help you gotta want the help you know i love it man um so in the near future what do you see coming out of commitment soldier um, i i will put together a business plan i will be launching more more um posts on instagram and and, and go that way i'll start up some merch get some commitment soldier shirts some commitment soldier hoodies um i'll start getting some merch out there so so we can put to play yeah the, the logo and and get some strength and get some logos on people and get that get that around um i can then after that i already got a couple little propositions for some venues to throw and um frank i'm gonna be calling you Dude, we're here. I'm gonna be calling you too. I'm gonna be just figuring out what we can do to build this better. I'm here to help, man. I am. Um, I'm very excited for anybody that's going into a new venture that they're excited on and wanting to build on it. Um, and for you doing something so honorable and helping people out in need, that's I, I'm gonna do everything that I can to help you out in it, man. Because this, if this conversation helps one person out. I mean that it was totally worth it absolutely you know absolutely and even like to even if it just plants a seed somewhere definitely you know one way or another it's um we're gonna get out there and help we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it organically and we're gonna do it uh from our hearts to the next person's heart and we're gonna do it from one mind to the next and it's just we're gonna show and um we're just gonna pretty much expose how the changes of one man's life can help another person's life yeah you know so it's going to be a great thing and i'm you know, just trying to put it all together and try to figure it all out um because of the rawness and the trueness of it all is 
You guys hear my story, you hear my past. You see what I'm focused on with the one thing I do know how to do is go out there and do construction and paint, and that's going well. The one thing I, and and I'm pretty new to social media, but being pretty new, not a bad start. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just need to teach myself or learn from the people I need to learn how we're going to create this into something better, and I'm just going to put all the work I can into it. You know, I'm just continuously that all I'm going to do and I prom- <laughs> promise everybody is, is I'm going to 100% devote me, raw me, uncut me to anybody and everybody that wants to see and hear me or talk to me. Yeah. And that's that. I love it, bro. I'm excited for the future to see what um what you cook up, man. I can I can definitely see some. You know, live events, meet and greets, things like that, and you having conversations with people one on one, and just spreading the good word. You Abs- know, absolutely. It's likewise. I want to see you. I want to see you take Downstar to another level. Definitely. Man. I want to see you. you continue to grow. I want to see you continue to give back. I want. I want to continue to, um, for you to build what you built with this business, take it to this interest that you like genuinely as you. Yeah. And take this to as far as you can take it at the levels of of where it can go dude i love it man doing this podcast i don't know if it's apparent through the through the episodes themselves but i'm extremely passionate about this you know i have this podcast i have one after this and then tomorrow i have two more podcasts you know and we're not making money from this right this is just something the the planting seeds just like you said planting these seeds hopefully somebody will that follows you will will be able to uh find downstar now find the podcast listen to past episodes and hopefully those past episodes uh spark something inside of them absolutely just about putting that information out there i just love having these conversations with people and um frank i really really appreciate you being here man likewise I, i know you're a very busy person and um it means a lot to me for you to see value in this podcast and to share these intimate stories about your life man that's the only way we're gonna get forward definitely yeah, so we lean on each other and we create something together and then we move forward with it and we can make we can make the moves we need to make definitely so before we get out of here just one more time let people know where they can find you and if they want to uh contact you what would be the best way um you can you can find me on instagram at commitment soldier um you can Give me a call for Quality Paintworks at 310-912-5338 for any painting um, needs. Um, you can you can search um, synergyfinishes.com and you can search artabellafinishes.com and um, just let them know Frank Hernandez um, sent you. Dude, I love it, man. Frank, thank you for your time once again. <laughs> Guys, make sure you check them out, The Commitment Soldier. This is Downtime with Downstar, episode 138, and we out. Peace. Peace.